Welcome to Finish Well Radio, where changing the world starts with changing the home, with your host, Meredith Curtis. Hi, welcome to Finish Well Radio. Today we're talking about how to care for aging parents. And this show is mostly geared, of course, to parents, homeschooling parents. But if you're a homeschool teen, you are going to be part of this process. So this would be a great show for whole families to listen to together if that is something that is part of your season right now of your homeschooling adventure. So let's get started. One of the things that inevitably happens in every family is that as homeschool parents, our parents begin to age. And that is really, really hard. I remember driving one day with my mom. And when we stopped suddenly, I reached out to protect her. And it was really a poignant moment because all the years before that, she had reached out to protect me, even if I was driving. But I realized as I went to protect her that things were beginning to change and I was moving into more of a role of a protector. So that was just very emotional for me. And I thought about it for many, many weeks. Of course, my mom was still young and healthy. She was in her 50s. But it wasn't too many years before, as she got older, she had long years of of sickness. And I remember that my grandmother was living with my mom and dad. And they were, my grandmother had a live-in nurse, but still a lot of the care was on my parents, taking her to the doctor and things like that. And she was honestly very healthy. But my dad had been a smoker for a really long time. And so when he hit his 70s, he began to have some heart problems and some problems with his lungs. And my mother was diabetic. So, oh my goodness. I remember coming down to the hospital because I wanted to see my dad. And when I got to ICU, he had just gotten out of surgery and was doing well. My mother was there with my dad, and she said, Oh, by the way, your grandmother is down in the ER. She had fallen and broken her hip. So there was my dad in ICU on the second floor, and there was my grandmother down in ER on the first floor and oh my goodness I remember just feeling how can I leave my parents and my grandmother and go back home four hours away who is going to take care of them and it was a very overwhelming feeling and if you ever are in the situation where you're taking care of aging parents you have that feeling of being pulled you know your children are down for me it was it was north, it was four hours north, and there are your parents four hours south, and your heart wants to be with both and take care of everything for both, and you can't. And it it just can be 
it can be overwhelming. I was at vacation one year, and it was our first year that we had just actually stayed at this Ranjan Resort. We had always heard about it, and we loved the beach, and we loved to stay in condos at the beach. So they had a really cool pool, and I think now all the places around here have cool pools, but this was unique, and we were so excited to get there. And we we had, you know, our first night and then our second night and we were celebrating Mike's birthday and the next morning we woke up and we got a phone call. My father was in the ICU and they had him on a ventilator and they were saying to my mom, he's in his 70s, he doesn't, it's time to pull the plug and let him die. And my mom was like, wait a minute, he was fine yesterday. He drove to the store to get groceries. So I'm not ready to pull the plug. And she called me and she was crying and she said, Mary, they're trying to get me to pull the plug. What should I do? And I, of course, was really upset. I was like, no, my, it's not time for my dad to die. And I said, no, don't let them pull the plug. I'll be right there. And so luckily we were in Cocoa Beach, which was an hour further south. So we only had three hours to get to my parents. And my my daughter, Julianne, and I left. And my husband stayed with the rest of the kids. And they packed everything up. And they followed a few hours behind. But I remember that was overwhelming to get there and have to make decisions and as I as I got to the hospital and, you know, I just kept refusing, you know, you cannot pull the ventilator. And luckily, my dad did not have a living will. Finally, I asked to see the chart and I looked at the chart and I saw that my dad from his chest x-ray, it looked like he had pneumonia. So I asked to see a lung doctor. I talked to the lung doctor and he was like, yeah, he has pneumonia. He, he needs to be on the ventilator because he has COPD, which is a lung disease, but he should be able to be fine again and wean from the ventilator as soon as we get rid of the pneumonia. So they gave him antibiotics, and then he had to go through a month or so to get weaned from the ventilator, but then he lived many, many more years. And so that was kind of my first brush with medical care in the 21st century it was kind of scary i remember thinking lord i need your wisdom because they're all saying oh just let your dad die pull the plug and i'm thinking no my dad he doesn't want to die yet he wants to still live and how do you navigate that because it is a whole new world and if you're like me i grew up the 60s and 70s And the goal of medicine was to keep people alive. And maybe they did that too long. Maybe they kept people breathing on a machine. So now people think, oh, I don't want to be kept artificially alive, breathing on a machine. But they don't realize if you have pneumonia and you have COPD, you do need to be on a ventilator for a while to get rid of the infection. So it is just a tough world to navigate. And if you're caring for aging parents, That is something that you need to know how to navigate and you need to begin to find out, like, what does this mean? And so I know for me, it it just opened up a whole new world of research. Now, I have a nursing background, but I hadn't practiced nursing since I was first married. I stayed home when I had kids. So that was, I'm just kind of giving you a little picture of where I was. So if you're caring for aging parents and, and you're, a woman like me, and you may be in your 40s, maybe younger, maybe older, 
you begin to feel caught between two worlds because you want to care for your parents, but you want to care for your children. And that's where I was because my children, I still had a two-year-old and a four-year-old and then my parents are so sick when, when things began to be that way. And it, it was, it was a really tough spot emotionally because you can't be both places in both times. And then there's also this sense of loss because if you're like me, my parents have always been there. I remember that my younger daughter was in an accident and my dad called and the first thing he says, do you need us to come? And, and it's very hard when you realize your parents can't come anymore they can't be there for you anymore that suddenly you know they can't be your strength that you have to be their strength and so it is a very emotional season especially so teens if you're if your mom is going through this season probably harder for your mom than your dad but it's hard on dads too but it it's very hard to see parents age and you know, hopefully it will be a long time before that happens to you, teens. But for us older parents who are homeschooling high schoolers, that could be just around the corner. Hopefully not, but it could be. So for our experience, what did we do? Well, we were in a situation where I was going to need to be going back and forth. I was going to need to be at home homeschooling my children, but I was also going to need to make a lot of trips down to South Florida and I had two older children, and then Rose was kind of in the middle, and then I had two younger ones. So the younger ones needed care. So what I did is I would leave one of my oldest daughters with one of the two little ones, and I would take the other two, the other oldest daughter, with the other little one. And then Rose sometimes came and sometimes stayed. So I tried to keep it like patterned up differently. So it wasn't like always Juliana staying home with Jimmy, but I tried to keep it a variety. So say I would be off for the weekend then, or many times I would leave for the week because my husband's a pastor. So weekends are kind of our busiest part of the work week. If you want to think of it as a work week, because it's not really work. It's fun to minister to people. But we would head out and we would go to South Florida. So I might head out with Katie Beth and Jenny Rose and Shine and leave Juliana home with Jimmy. And she would have instructions on how you know, if he had any, as he got older, he eventually had school. So helping him with school. And then we would take our books with us. And many times we were making trips to the hospital. Sometimes we were just at home with my parents. But we did a lot of bare bones homeschooling. You know, I have a bare bones budget. It's like when money's really tight, this is our bare bones. These are the things we absolutely have to pay for. Then we have our normal budget when we can save for this and maybe go out to a movie once in a while or something like that. But we began to move from normal homeschooling into what I call bare bones homeschooling. And that meant that we focused on reading, math, and writing. And then we would add the rest as needed. But that was our focus. It's so funny because I ended up writing this book called The Seven R's of Homeschooling from this experience because I had to make a decision what was really important. And so I came up with seven R's. <laughs> so reading, writing, 
arithmetic or math, rhetoric, which was just communication and research, and then right living and relationships, and not in that order. I would put relationships first and everything. I just thought it was kind of interesting that the Lord was teaching me a life lesson about what really mattered in homeschooling, and then I was able to pass that on later in a book called The Seven Arts. But that's where that book came from, in case you're wondering. But we had a lot of teachable moments at the hospitals and the doctor's office where we went. And one thing that I found that's super cool, because my children were really good readers, and they um, they really were curious about the world around them and things like that. So if we went to the hospital and my dad was having a surgery, they'd usually have all these little booklets on anesthesia on whatever was wrong with him um, if my mom was having a surgery they'd have you know little booklets describing diabetes or different things so we would read those booklets and I didn't say oh we're going to do school now we would just read the booklets and I would say okay this is what's going on with Grandy or this is what's going on with Baba and this is how we can pray for them And so in the process of all of this, they learned a lot about, you know, COPD and heart issues and diabetes. And so, but it was just one of the things, if you are caring for aging parents and you do have to go to the hospital a lot, just look for those cute little booklets. They usually have pictures and drawings and um, they're really easy to understand. I mean, I, I, they were I thought it was pretty pretty neat. So the greatest lesson, though, of course, my children learned was to honor parents because not because I said to them, okay, we have to honor Bob and Grandy, but because they saw me honor my parents, they learned a valuable lesson in their hearts that children grow up and when parents get older, they take care of them, they honor them. And that's an unspoken lesson. And a lot of lessons like that are learned. You know, it seems like in those seasons, there's so many opportunities for family stories, which of course is history. There's so many opportunities for just reminiscing and things like that. And it, it there's so many special moments in those times and you may think oh my goodness caring for aging parents this is just taking me away from my real world but I I would encourage you to include your children because there's so many life lessons and there's so many educational lessons that they'll learn in the process of spending a lot of time I mean for the most part our parents are usually lived at least 40 to 50 years before our children and so it's very interesting for our children to hear stories from when our parents were young and what they learned and what school was like and what they did and what their cars were like and it's just it's just very interesting but it's also very educational and it will put history in a whole new light for them as you get back into the normal learning. So again, like I said, I focused on the majors. So we always made sure that we read and did math every day. And we tried to do writing at least once or twice a week. And then after that, everything else was kind of in addition. 
and we just brought tons of good books and my children did so much reading while we were gone they they would you know be creative and make stuff and you can put together a tote of like arts and crafts supplies that they can pull out and play with sometimes you can bring like puzzles to the waiting rooms and there's usually tables there they can sit at a table and quietly do puzzles or one of those big thousand piece puzzles everybody kind of working together there's so much that children can do even little ones on their own and so we didn't like bring twaddle we brought good books we brought things for them to do and of course they also got a chance to serve and to be able to help out around the house bring things to their grandparents if they were in the hospital bringing them water getting fresh ice and things like that so it was also a real opportunity for all of us to grow in being a servant so one of the things though with all that said it's still a really difficult time and you may be able to do it on your own but I was not I found that I was not able to handle it on my own and so I'm going to talk about that when we get back from our sponsor. We'll be right back with you. Laura has graduated four and Meredith has graduated five. Homeschool students, that is. After countless hours of reassuring other homeschool moms that they can homeschool high school, they decided to write a book. All their encouragement and practical how-to tips are in Unlocking the Mystery of Homeschooling High School. If you want to navigate the high school years effectively, this book will equip you to homeschool high school with confidence and joy. Order your copy of Unlocking the Mystery of Homeschooling High School on Amazon.com or PowerlineProd.com. Powerline Productions, being world changers, raising world changers. been listening to finish well radio on the ultimate radio network now back to your host meredith curtis welcome back we were talking about how to care for aging parents and i was just mentioning that i was unable to do it on my own and i had to learn to rely on the lord because I was constantly having to make choices, constantly, should I do this, should I do that, what advice should I give? I found that the older my parents got, the more they just took my advice. So my advice had to be good. It wasn't like the old days where I might say, Mom, I think you should do this. And she would say, well, thank you for your input, and then just do whatever she thought was right. But now suddenly, like, I had a very big impact on what they decided to do. And I made mistakes, and I made bad choices sometimes, and I had to receive forgiveness from the Lord, and sometimes from my children, and sometimes from my parents. Sometimes I was just grumpy and tired and mean, and I had to get forgiveness from all the people in my life. But I always found that God had a measure of grace for me that was so much bigger than all of my needs. 
I always need him. But the truth is I can be self-sufficient. So it was very powerful in my life to show me, okay, you are weak. You can't do this. But my grace is sufficient for you. And I just wanted to share this story with you that was really cool. For some reason, one time that we went down there, it was just Rose and I. I think my husband was able to take some time off and he was going to be with the other four kids. But anyway, Rose and I were traveling down. My dad was going to have aneurysm surgery. And so I was very emotional, very upset. And we were driving down I-95. Of course, you can imagine I-95 between Central Florida and South Florida, very busy. It's pouring down rain. I can hardly see the road with the windshield wipers. And one of my windshield, my windshield wiper flies off. And the other one just stops working. So I'm there. It's pouring down rain. I'm like, Lord, help me. Please help me. Please help me. Get me off the exit. Turned out there was an exit right away. So I was able to get off the exit. I don't know how I could even see. And I pulled into a gas station that was very close. And we just sat at the gas station and waited for the rain to stop. And we were praying, Lord, help us. Show us what to do. Now, I don't know how to put a windshield wiper on. I am just the least mechanical person you will ever meet in your life. So I was very, very nervous. So it stopped raining, and I thought, okay, good. We'll just get back on the road, and we'll just hope that it doesn't rain until we get home to Florida. That wasn't super smart. But anyway, so we get back on the road, and I have to make a U-turn. So I have to come out and keep going away from I-95, and while I'm going, all the water from the ground is getting all over my windshield, and I can't see, so I'm forced to pull off the road, and it's this little side street with just little homes on it, and I just, I walked up to this house, I just parked the car, and I said, Rose, we're just having to trust God. Now, I'm not saying I recommend this. This is just what we did. And so I walked up to the house and I knocked on the door and a man answered and I burst into tears. And so the man yelled, honey, <laughs> he called for his wife and she came to the door and I, I told her my story and she invited Rose and I in and she made us tea. And meanwhile, the husband went out and looked at the windshield wipers and he figured out what what we needed. He went and bought windshield wipers and installed them for us. And then he came in, and it turned out this man had had the same surgery my daddy was going to have six years before, and he was doing great. And it was so encouraging in every way because, number one, God met our physical needs of the windshield wiper, and the man wouldn't even let us pay him. Number two... I got, God met my emotional needs of just, I was so fearful about the surgery. And it was as if he was saying, see, I'm going to take care of your daddy. And anyway, it was just such a neat, neat testimony in my life of how God intervened and just met me. And those people were so sweet. I have no idea who they are. I've never had any contact with them again in my life. But they were God's angels to me at a real time of need. So if you are caring right now for aging parents, I just want to tell you the obvious. You can't do everything. You're going to have to make 
cutbacks here and there. You're going to need help from friends. You're going to need help from your husbands. Husbands, you're going to need help from your wives. You're going to need help from your kids. It's going to have to be a family project. And so find God's priorities. I told you what I did with homeschooling. I just said, okay, Lord, what's important? I ended up with the seven R's. And then God will show you what you need to do and what's important. And then stay cheerful. We like to play the glad game where we try to think of things that we can be thankful for and focus on the bright side. The glad game is, of course, from Pollyanna, the movie or the book. And then profusely thank your children. Your children, it is a sacrifice and it takes its toll. So constantly thank your helpers and say, thank you so much. I wouldn't be able to make it without you. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then receive help. If someone says, hey, can I clean your house? Yes. Can I cook you guys dinner? Yes. (laughs) Whatever they offer, take their help. And make sure you have prayer support. I have had intercessors in my life for about 15 years. And I'll tell you what, their prayers got me through so many hard, hard times. And then the other thing is, remember, in all of life, not just homeschooling, major on the majors and minor on the minors. Yes, it is important that you feed your family, but no, it is not important that your house is immaculate. I mean, you may just go through a season where the house is a little bit messy all the time, but you can't do everything. So figure out what God's priority is for you and give yourself to that. And know this, the Lord loves you. If you are going through this season, the Lord has allowed the timing of this season with your children's ages, with your homeschooling responsibilities, and he has enough grace to help you to do what he has called you to do. And please be encouraged. God will not forsake you. He will be with you. He will help you. And may God bless and keep you as you go through this challenging adventure And you will learn so much about God's love and mercy and grace. God bless you. And thank you again so much for being part of our Finish Well family. See you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Finish Well Radio with Meredith Curtis and the Finish Well team. Please listen in every first and third Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time here at the Ultimate Radio Network.